30 seconds and counting. Astronauts report it feels good. T-minus 25 seconds. 20 seconds and counting. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. 12, 11, 10, 9. Ignition sequence start. 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. I feel like with these podcasts, I, I expose a lot about myself. Um, you know, I, I talk as truthfully as I can, um, especially on these solo episodes. Um, I really try to uh, be authentic. And, and when I'm with guests, I feel like, uh, not that I put on a mask or anything, but I, I do, there is a semblance of like a veil there. Um, just because I, I have no idea how to talk to people <laughs> and relate to people and, um, you know, connect with people. And I, that's the main reason why I started the podcast, um, so I could get better at those kinds of things. And like I said before, it's cheaper than a therapist, and um, it makes me feel better to know that I'm not the only one that, that goes through something, you know, or um, battles with things or has gone through some shit and, you know, in a selfish kind of way, be redeemed. Um, and that's, yeah, that's been on the forefront of my mind a lot. Can can a person, can you be redeemed? And um, I've, I've done a lot of bad shit in my life. Um, a, a, lot of, a lot of crazy shit. A lot of stuff that I very much regret and stuff that, keeps me awake at night. I've, I've been having night terrors um, recently. I just wake up and I panic, you know. Um, and it sucks. I mean, yeah, of course it sucks, but it's just... Um, it's, it's taken... It's, it's given me time to reflect on a lot of things. And um, 
really look at what I have in front of me and be grateful for it. And um, thank God that my parents are still here. Thank God that my brothers, all four of them, are still very much healthy and in a good place in life and roofs over their head, food on the table, um, happy. Um, my niece is talking and going to school and very much smart. Um, my immediate family outside of that is doing good. Um, career rise. Um, like I said, I can't talk about my quote unquote second job, but um, that's going really well enough to afford me some things I never thought I'd be able to afford, like security, <laughs> um, a way to provide for my relationship, which is another major thing that's going good in my life. Um, I, I've been the worst boyfriend to a lot of plus previous relationships and I, I don't mean to take anything away from them um, and the trauma I have caused and the drama and all that necess unnecessary bullshit um, but I, I look at all of it and I look at Vert and I think to myself that I want to be better I can't I don't want to hurt this one and it's going great <laughs> um, from what she tells me. <laughs> I, I'm not easy to live with. I'm not easy to communicate with. I'm not easy to deal with on a daily basis. <laughs> um, but I try. I try every day. Um, my career, um, my first career pro wrestling seems to be doing okay. Um, I don't have any major heat with anybody that I know of. And the heat that I did have with certain people is, is all but squashed, I like to think. Bygones be bygones. Um, injuries aside, I feel like I'm putting out the best work I've ever done. And uh, at the time of this recording, ACH has since retired. And... Um, it seems like it's for good. Like, this is the real deal. When I, when I, f I'm sure I've, I've heard this story, and if y'all haven't, um, ACH was the first indie wrestler that I knew about. Um, and I know that my, that might bury that I'm burying myself when it comes to indie knowledge, but I, I just didn't watch indie wrestling. The only indie wrestling that I knew of, and I didn't even know it was called independent wrestling, was um, Ring of Honor and uh, CZW. Around the time I discovered all that, um, YouTube had just started. Like it was a brand new thing, kids. Like believe that. Imagine a world pre YouTube, right? <laughs> um, and it was like an outlaw. It was like, it was outlaw. Like, they didn't regulate videos. They had a lot of fucked up shit on YouTube. Like, I saw a bunch of Kimbo Slice videos on there. Um, it was like World Star before World Star, right? But uh, I digress. Um, 
I would watch CZW highlights on there, and I'd be like, what the fuck are they doing, right? Like, not only are they doing, like, crazy hardcore stuff, um, but they, there was a lot of fucking crazy-ass wrestling on there that they were doing things I'd never seen anybody do or even, like, would think of, you know? It blew my mind. And, of course, um, around the time the wrestler, the movie The Wrestler came out, and um, that was one of my... I, I love that movie, you know? Um, so I watched it in the movie theater. I watched it. I bootlegged it. You know, I uh, I bought the DVD. I got the DVD for my birthday. Um, and that movie... Um, I, again, I'm digressing, but, you know, that movie, I remember seeing my dad... I watched it with my family, and my dad being on the edge of his seat when um, Evan Rachel Wood confronted uh, Randy about uh, standing her up for the dinner, and my dad just had his hand over his mouth like he was captivated by their performance their acting and honestly um my old man changed after that because you know there's a thing with art that whatever kind of media um if it touches you it touches you like i i have yet to walk into a gallery or um or see a piece of uh artwork and have that moving feeling, but I, I get that when I when I watch a great fucking movie, I get that when I see someone perform at the fucking peak of their level. Um, I see, I get that when I watch wrestling, you know. Um, and my dad got that that night, and I, I want to say it's night day. Obviously, it took years, but it was a turn, you know, uh, for him to value us his kids not that he didn't necessarily before but he, he started showing it a lot more after that and uh, I love him circle back um, with dealing all in the past traumas that I've, I've dealt with um, I'm not gonna go out on a limb and say that I had a terrible childhood because uh, I didn't um, I didn't have to want for anything uh, we were paycheck to paycheck, but, you know, we never were starving. We never had to worry about our next meal, where it was coming from. Yeah, it was hamburger helper or, like, ground beef and rice uh, some days, but that was... We were never hungry. Um, but when you come from an alcoholic household, um, especially with uh, domestic... Um, disputes on a regular basis and you just live in turmoil you tend to not know where the middle ground is when it comes to emotions and um, either I'm exposing a lot uh, I'm undiagnosed um, I'm I have taken tests. Um, I've gone to mental health hospitals. I've done time. I've done three stints in the course of my lifetime at um, facilities. And um, they were all a blur. Uh, but um, they've all pretty much just labeled me as a massive depressive disorder. Um, that was way back then, you know what I mean? So now it's more of, like, 
on a spectrum kind of deal. So I, I really need to just go and talk to somebody and get a legit thing. But, you know, I'm hot and I'm cold. You know, I, I can rev up really fucking well and then like another second I'm down. Or I am down for days or I'm up for days. Um, you know, it, it comes with the territory. And then um, in 2014, I spent most of my life on my back. And that sounds weird, <laughs> but it's the truth. I was uh, homeless um, in Dallas, Texas, going to school. Um, I didn't have like a living situation, really. I, I, I lived with a, a friend of mine that I knew from Round Rock who was who just got a job in Dallas and I told him, I asked him, hey man, I'm, I'm going to school up there, I have no place to stay, you know, I'll find a roommate or whatever the fuck, right? Um, but I just need a place to stay for a few weeks. He was traveling all the time and wasn't making that much money, so like, he lived in Plano, my school was downtown Dallas, right? Um, I had a piece of shit car that I ended up selling for scraps just to go to school. Uh, which was a 20-minute bike ride to the, the train station, the DART station, and then an hour uh, DART train ride to my school every day, um, plus any of the job, which was late hours, you know, so I had to wake up at 5, get to school by 7.30, hopefully, um, Get out of school at 3.30, get on the bus, or not the bus, get on the train, excuse me, back to work by 5, <laughs> um, and then get off at 1, and hopefully do homework and study scripts and learn lines in between that. Um, I didn't know that my battery was just only like at half-life, so there was only a, like a finite amount of time that I had to like crashed. And I crashed hard. Um, I just would lay up on the couch with no light um, in the winter of Dallas, you know, or leading into the summer of Dallas with no electricity, um, uh, alone in an apartment that just had a couch um, and hardly any food. And my girlfriend at the time, uh, bless, bless her heart, and I... I wish nothing but the best for her. Now, um, she wouldn't. She lived in Austin, and she would buy like me pizza, you know, and just like have it delivered to me, and I would survive on this fucking pizza for a week, you know, until I get paid, and then, you know, hopefully, get like peanut butter or whatever the fuck, right? Um, and my grandpa got sick. This is fucking depressing. I am so sorry, guys. <laughs> but I just I just need y'all to understand how much Albert Hardy Jr. means to me. Um, my grandpa got diagnosed with cancer. And it happened so fast. And from living on the street to Dallas to actually going back home to Austin to take care of my mom because my mom, they hit her fucking hard, right? Losing a parent just is not okay. Fucking terrible. And I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Not even my worst enemies, you know? 
Um, and it's it's hard taking care of. Not that I was solely taking care of her. It was a village, you know. It was my all my brothers and my dad. But you know, to see someone that is your rock in your world just crumble. It's uh, daunting. It's humbling, and it's terrifying. And there'd be days where I just I can get out of bed. I didn't want to face it. Um, I'm not gonna lie to you. There were multiple multiple attempts on my life by on by myself you know um, and it wasn't me bitching out you know because I come from that I come from that culture of like it's coward's way out you know but it it's just like a fucking exit sign for me you know it's always there it's always on and it's it's just one of those things hey maybe maybe I won't take that way today maybe I'll just go out the exit sign you know it's that easy it's it's that easy of a decision and uh, again my girlfriend at the time she realized this she saw this and um, she knew that I loved pro wrestling I had I had stopped watching wrestling in high school because honestly, I got a girlfriend, and it was like my first real like <laughs> pussy on tap. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was like a teenage boy's dream because I was kind of like living in between houses with them, and I would stay the night, and we would just you know fuck all night, and then go to school the next day. Like it was crazy, and I shouldn't have been. We shouldn't have been doing that, but I digress, right? Um, we broke up, and. Wrestling was one of the things that picked me up during that time because it sucks to get, you know, broken up with, you know. And I watched it religiously. It was like 2013, I feel like. It was The Rock and John Cena that, um, around that time, like 2012, 2013. The Wyatt family came back, like, debuted. The Shield was rocking and rolling. Um, and I just I watched it, and I loved it, you know. So we couldn't afford, uh, nor did I think that WWE was in town around that time, but my girlfriend knew I need to take him to watch live wrestling, you know, because I never, I haven't been since I was a kid, since the Attitude Era. Um, and she looked online, and Anarchy Championship Wrestling came on, right? And she bought us two tickets for their... I think uh, distrust, dismay, and antisocial behavior event in 2014. Um, and on the website, ACH was like the first person there. That, you know, and we were looking at him, and be like, "Oh, cool!" And like, "Where's he from?" And like, I read like a little thing online about him. Like, he went to UT. And he's from Round Rock, and not only is he from Round Rock, but he's from my high school. Like, we went to the same high school together. Um, I missed him by a year. You know. And I was like, oh, that's fucking dope. You know, that's awesome. Like, a kid from Round Rock, like, is a pro wrestler? That's, wow. Like, I never really thought about it, you know? So we went to the, the show. And, holy fuck, I didn't, like, it didn't occur to me that wrestling could happen, like, on this level, you know? 
like I said, I only was exposed to like Ring of Honor and um, WWE and all that shit. You know, like I I didn't know that this kind this kind of wrestling and this quality of wrestling is just in my hotel. You know, I saw um, Steve Arino that night. I saw Jeff Gant that night. I saw Houston Carson that night. Um, Izzy James, as a, he was Gregory James at the time. Um, I can name drop everybody in Texas wrestling. Uh, Remedy, I think he was Killer Cash at the time. You know, like guys that are that have been instrumental in my career, and dare I say, are some like mentors, um, like big brothers, father figures for me in the in the business. We're on this card. Um, and the two matches that really planted the seeds of me being a pro wrestler was a triple threat match between Ricky Starks, um, Davey Vega, and Jojo Bravo, who is Jazzy J Serious now. Uh, it's so funny the way life works. The one of the, um, a few months ago, me and uh, Ricky were hanging out and we were just getting drunk, listening to music. And I told him, I was like, I have that show. Do you want to watch it? And me just watching that match back with him was, you know, it was kind of like a full circle moment. Um, but I digress. Um, JoJo fucking Bravo, though. He came out and, I mean, his charisma was off the fucking charts. His um, ability in the ring was amazing. He was my height my build um people were excited to see ricky like I, I think he had just came back from somewhere um and they were chanting his name in the beginning of the match but at the end of the match it was joe 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 like dude was fucking amazing like he still is amazing like to see him work man and i thought wow i could do this i think i can do this like why why can't I? Why can't I? Like, why am I not doing this? You know, um, this is amazing. The next match right after that was ACH versus Masada, and it was one of those things um, where like your heart just pumps, right? And I knew Masada from like the CZW, and you know, on YouTube you'd see some clips of him and shit. Um, but this wasn't a Masada match, like, or, or maybe it is, you know, but this wasn't, like, a death match, and they went in, they tore that shit up, man, like, again, it was wrestling I'd never seen before, like, if, if they flipped it on its head, and it's like, wrestling could be this, it, it could be just like this, like, that's, why didn't anybody tell me, <laughs> you know, um, and if that JoJo, Ricky, and Davey match planted the seed, this one was like the fucking uh, Miracle Grow or something. It was just like, fucking do this now, man. And uh, I remember after the match was over, um, Albert, ACH, he is walking. He was going to go up the stairs at the Mohawk. At the Mohawk, there's like stone steps that lead up into the green room and that balcony area. And he was, you know, he was shaking people's hands and whatnot. And I get up and I had my program and I was going to go over there and I was going to fucking, 
you know, tap him on the shoulder and be like, you know, give him props and be like, dude, like, hey, we're from the, like, I don't want to read you out, but we're, like, from the same hometown, and, like, you inspired me, dude, like, seriously, like, I came here for you, um, you got me up out of bed, you know, and, uh, I just remember somebody, like, I thought he was, like, a security guard, but he got in between me and ACH, and, um, he just, like, shook his head, like, no, you know, like, get the fuck out of here, kid, kind of deal, so I took the hit, and I was like, all right, that's fine, whatever, right? I got the fuck out of there, and I immediately emailed uh, ACW, and was like, hey, is there any kind of way I could set up the ring, or, uh, like, pay some, like, dues, or <laughs> I want, or, like, do you know if you have a school? Because I, I want to do this, you know? Never fucking heard from them. <laughs> and I just thought, um, okay, maybe it's not on the cards, maybe it is, like, a eclectic thing, you know, and, um, Again, life just happens. It just, I never went back to ACW. Uh, too busy taking care of family. And I was going to go back to school in Dallas, this time with um, my girlfriend. And it'd be a lot easier. She would be there too with me. And we would go there and get our degrees and whatnot. Um, that was 2014. And then as time goes on, you know, things pass. Um, graduate college, right? It was a cram school, so I just did like a few, like a year and a half or something, and I got an associate's degree in my field, my craft. Um, it was high time to start moving back to Austin, you know? Um, somewhere in, in the middle of my schooling, though, I just, the idea of being a pro wrestler never, like, escaped me. You know, um, and I'm the type of dude that's just if I'm not fucking feeling something, I'm just gonna drop it. I'm not gonna care, and um, I'll just you know do what I have to do to get by. Um, and nine times out of ten, it's gonna be better than pretty much everybody around me, because <laughs> um, I'm just a cocky motherfucker like that, I guess. But yeah, that was me in acting school. You know, I just. Didn't care for it. I didn't want to fucking do the politics of going to these auditions and kissing ass. Like, I remember I, I had some meetings set up for these, uh, like, agencies to represent me as an actor. And I blew them all off. Because I, I, I didn't want to do it anymore. I wanted to uh, fucking go wrestle and just do this again, you know. And, like, I've proven to myself... You know, not, not all by myself. My girlfriend was a big fucking help, you know. Bless, again, bless her heart. And she, she fucking hates me now, as, as she should. But I, I I should pay her back someday, some way, you know. Um, but, I, again, I digress. Um, proven that I can do anything that I set my mind to. So why can't I do that to Boris, like, you know? Um... And found uh, I googled wrestling schools Austin and America's Academy of Pro Wrestling popped up. I'm like, where the fuck were you like three years ago? Jesus, right? Um, and in my first week there, like, again, I saw Ricky, I saw JoJo, I saw every, I met all these fucking guys that were on that card that I saw, and then I met ACH. 
and he just he walked into the school and like the atmosphere changed you know it was like when you meet somebody with the charisma that can just change the atmosphere of a room it touches you you know what I mean like it feel, like you feel it um, before even they walk in or you feel the presence you know and I don't remember what the fuck we did that day I think we, we he killed us on scoops he taught us like little basic holds and whatnot um, this was 2017 so he was just got done with Ring of Honor uh, just returned back from the Indies. I think he did that fucking um, the Wrestle Kingdom gimmick there with Coda. And again, it was just one of those things where it's like, fuck, dude, like this guy is world class, you know, like, and he's here teaching us. It's wild, you know. And I just kept my head down though. Like I didn't, I didn't want to mark out. You know, I wanted to. Not weasel my way, but, you know, I would love, like, if he didn't fucking like me, hey, you didn't fucking like me, but I am going to bug him about wrestling questions, you know. Enough times to where he'll tell me to fuck off, and then if he gets really annoyed, he'll just punch me in the face, and then there you go. (laughs) But that's how much I wanted to learn this fucking business, and honestly, a lot of the kids around me, like the students around me, tell me, get away from him, don't. He's mean. He's a jerk. He's an asshole. Him, Ricky, Christy James, Alley Cat, all those fucking guys. They'll fucking burn you. They're a clique, you know? And I remember one day, I was doing like some fucking Ray Phoenix move because I was still a fucking mark and trying to do all that cool shit, right? And I hear Christy James, I think her and Ricky and Albert were there just hanging out and. She goes, ah, that fucking sucked. <laughs> and I look at her, and everyone kind of get quiet, and they're like, oh, what? That's just Christy being Christy. She's like, yeah, it, that was fucking terrible. <laughs> and I looked at her, and I said, um, how can I make it not terrible? And like, she had like this little half spark on her face, and she says, Let's see. Let me show you. And she gets in the ring, and uh, she starts showing me this move, and then she started showing me springboards, and she's like, here, springboard, right? And I was like, I don't know how to springboard. She's like, well, just jump, right? And so I jumped, and then she pulled the rope back, and I fell and, like, completely ate shit, and she's like, there. Now you know how it feels, so try it again. (laughs) And we did it like a hundred times, and I learned how to fucking springboard, you know. But then yeah, Ricky would stay, and then Albert would stay, you know, and shit like that, you know. But I feel like they were like, oh, this this kid wants to learn, you know. Um, I was still very much intimidated by them and Ricky, you know, Ricky especially, right? Um, and I would go to ACW. I would set up the ring, I would watch their matches, I would try to, you know, try to get on, and whatnot. Um, And for whatever reason, and some schools do this, and I know they have their reasons for it, and as they should, as they should, um, they don't want you to go work shows if you're not graduated from their program, right? My logic behind it was, I know how to bump, you know, 
Uh, I'm the best bumper in the fucking class. I can run the ropes. Um, you know, I'm not fucking punching people in the face or anything. Um, I know some kind of moves, but I can always train the, the the moves part. But in terms of safety, I feel like I can keep people safe, and I'm safe myself. So why wouldn't I go out on the road, quote-unquote, and try to hone my craft? And I got kicked out of the school because <laughs> I took a, I got in a car load to drive to bumfuck Illinois to wrestle in a fucking firehouse um, for no money. And I got kicked out and I, I didn't, I couldn't train anywhere. My training was at shows. My training was at Inspire. My training was at Wrestle Circus setting up rings and then rolling around in the rings before everybody came or like sitting down in the locker rooms. Uh, listening to these fucking world-class athletes that, you know, or if not world-class athletes from around the world, all the top people in the state of Texas are in the locker room, and I'm listening to them call their matches, explaining to the greener people why they called that shit, and I'm asking questions, I'm bugging people, I'm just trying not to be a nuisance at the same time, you know, paying dues. And, uh... I missed one ACW show because in all honesty I would have it, it took a lot on my social media to be around all this stuff and I would have panic attacks I would have panic attacks before I would go to shows because I just didn't want to mess up and Albert texted me the next day he's like hey what happened where were you and then he told him I was like oh I I got really sick, man, and I just I didn't feel like, you know, I don't want to get anybody else sick. And he's like, oh, that's that's okay, like, you know, very understanding. And he gave me a workout, and he's like, look, whenever you start feeling good, here's this workout. Um, it will help you a lot in the ring, you know. I thought, oh, that's very cool, very very dope of him, you know. Um, I would send him matches. Um. He would get back to me, or he wouldn't get back to me. He was a very busy dude at that time, you know. Um, I remember I I got close with Jojo Bravo, too, at that time. And um, we were both, like, working at Party World Wrestling. And I remember one night at Party World Wrestling, uh, it was December, so it was fucking cold, and I got a text message from uh, Ethan Price, and he said, hey, we're all at Dogwood, which is a bar here in the Domain in uh, Austin, Texas. And he said, Albert asked about you, and he wants you to come hang out with us. And I thought, oh, shit. Okay. And I told him, I was, well, I'm at a show, brother, and, you know, like, I, we're probably going to get out late. I don't know if I can make it. And he's like, well, no, it's Albert's birthday, and he really wants you here. And I was like, oh, fuck, well, I gotta go, right? So I left the show, went to Dogwood. And I remember going there, and I just remember seeing this big-ass smile on his face. And he was like, oh, fuck, you're here, right? And we just hung out, like, all of us. And I remember going to the Whataburger right afterwards, because that's as one does, right? You go fucking get fucked up at a bar in here in Texas, and you go to Whataburger late at night, right? Bless all their hearts. And this girl there was, you know, I think she was trying to flirt with Albert. 
Albert, between you and God, <laughs> not the not the best when it comes to talking to girls, you know. But he was conversating with this female, and um, she asked him what do you do, and he says, "Oh, I'm a pro wrestler." And um, she said, "You know, you get, when you get asked that question, they're like, oh, like WWE, you know." And he said, "No, not like, not really like WWE, but I, I am like successful, you know." And she's like, no, you're not. What's your name, right? And she Googled ACH Pro Wrestler, and he was like the first thing, obviously, that popped up. And she was, you know, she laughed. She's like, wow, I like this is crazy. So you're like, you know, you're a famous wrestler. And he's like, I don't know about famous, but, you know, like I, I do okay, right? And I will always remember this, this young lady looking at Albert and leaving and you know, she wasn't like, here's my number or anything, but she says, she said to him, thank you. And Albert, like, laughed, and he's like, for what? <laughs> and she says, no, thank you for what you do for Texas. Um, she says, no, you know, it's amazing to see somebody that's local and in my hometown that's doing the thing. Thank you for everything that you're doing. That's you're putting our town on the map. That's amazing, you know? And I just saw his face like light up inside. You know, like that meant a lot to him. More than any kind of like phone number or one night stand like that. That meant that meant the world to him, and then from then on, he was all about Texas. You know, he was always been about Texas, but I just distinctly remember from that moment, he just wanted to take care of all of us. You know, um, he he did a lot for for us, and I, and I don't mean to talk about him like he's no longer with us, but. I just, I have no other way of getting this out because, in all honesty, people, I haven't heard from him. And I, I don't know how else to express how much he means to me. And I can't keep it inside any longer. They, they they say not to meet your heroes, man. But fuck, I I'm, I wouldn't I would I I wouldn't have been I I wouldn't be where I am right now if it weren't for Albert Hardy Jr. Um, just the late fucking nights going to bars, the late fucking training sessions, the fucking just going over to his apartment, and just smoking a big ass bowl of fucking weed and watching. Shawn Michaels matches or Bret Hart matches or fucking old school PWG and just fucking talking about wrestling, living wrestling, breathing wrestling, eating, sleeping, everything wrestling with my best friends. You can't take that away from anybody and that, that those memories are worth more than gold to me. I could I can hang up my fucking kick pads right now 
I mean, the fucking shoes I wear to the ring were, were his. He gave those to me. I, I went by Prince Adam because there's, yeah, there's a lot of, my, a lot of my influences, yeah, but man, he was the fucking king of Texas. It was just my little way of paying homage, you know? Um, and to see him achieve the pinnacle, I remember, I remember like for months when he got that contract, just being so fucking happy for him. And like we couldn't tell anybody, you know what I mean? Like we knew for a fucking minute, like, oh my God, like this is fucking crazy, man. My friend is going to WWE. You know, that I, that might sound like a fucking Mark thing to say, man, but Jesus Christ. If you haven't been in those in that situation with someone that you look up to, your fucking hero, and they're getting the world, you know what I mean, everything that they deserved in life, you just wouldn't understand, you know? I remember um, I helped him move. I helped him move out, and we threw out his fucking couch. Uh, and we couldn't throw in the dumpster, so we fucking put it, you know, outside of the dumpster, and we just sat on that couch one last time. We looked at the sunset, and the sun was going down, and, you know, it was a fucking heavy couch, so we are just kind of blown up sitting on this fucking couch outside, right? And you hear the, the cicadas and the frogs. You know, There's like this little creek and forest over right where we lived. And, um... I remember looking at him and being like, are you ready? And he said, um, he says, I, I don't know. I don't know. But we'll see. And uh, we all know how that ended up. Um... I believe me and the boys, the Team Super Academia boys, and a few of his very close personal friends um, were the ones that were closest to him when all that shit went down, you know? And I, I was very immature. Yeah, because I just want to be there for my friend, you know? I'm just that kind of dude, you know? If you go to war, I'm going to go to fucking war with you. And I didn't give a fuck, you know. I didn't see the red flags. You know, I, I didn't see... That he may have needed more help than just... Um, than just being there for him, you know. And um, something that I deeply regret. I deeply fucking regret not being there more for him. Um, and when I, I feel like when I realized that it was too late um, I won't name any names but you know it was 
there were some people that were just like, man, this is this is going too far, and it's a lot, and certain people were moving on from it because I mean, honestly, they had to, with for their own sanity, their own mental health, and their own careers. You know, like they, we couldn't just drop everything and help him, especially if he didn't let us help him and um that's a really fucking hard thing to do to really to move on and it's just much like a fucked up relationship you keep going back you keep maybe this time is different maybe he's getting better this time maybe it's Maybe it's different, but then the bite just fucking bites you harder, you know? Um, and we were good. Though, it's, he was good. We were good. And um, we were training again. We were just shut off the world. He... He had a grasp on things, you know. Um, and we just we got back to wrestling, you know. Got back to fucking wrestling. And then Sean Vex passed away. May he rest in peace. Um, again, it's one of those moments where I don't, I don't know how to talk to people. I don't know how to be there for them. I didn't talk to him about it. And I rode up with him to a fucking show three hours in a goddamn car and I did not talk to him about it. I must have felt so fucking alone, man. And that was the last time I saw him. And it's been well over a month. Haven't heard. Haven't heard a word. And the last thing I heard from him was his Instagram post saying that he is retired. I texted him. I texted him and, um, haven't heard anything. And you know what? I probably deserve that. This business is this business has has teeth and if you don't navigate through it well you're gonna get bit, you know. In fact he told me one time he says this business um, will eat you up, right? Um, you need to have a little bit of the evil in you. You need to have a little evil in you. To um, to be a success, and I never got that, you know, until very recently, you know. Um, I've been in this fucking disillusion of wanting success and just loving it 
but also seeing what the fuck it did to my best friend. And to see it, um, and see what it does to people, you know, it's just, I don't know if I want to be a part of it anymore. You know what, man? I I may catch heat for releasing this. I may catch heat for everything that I'm fucking saying now or exposing. But I don't know how to f- how the fuck to get it off my chest. I don't know how to deal with it. I don't know who to blame. Major big thing, a big reason why I started this podcast is just so it can be told. Um, And if you're listening to this, um, Albert, I love you. And maybe one day you'll, maybe one day. I can tell you how much exactly you mean to me and my career and, you know, me as a man, you know, um, to learn from another man that isn't my, my dad, you know, it means, means, means a lot to a motherfucker like me. And, um, I wouldn't be the man I am if I hadn't have met you. And I, you know, take the pro wrestling out of it. We would still be friends. We're still friends. So, this is for all the workers in the business. Fuck all that Mark bullshit. If you have a hero, if you happen to be in the locker room with a mentor or training with a mentor, you need to fucking tell them exactly how much they mean to you. And that if they need anything, because those kinds of people, people like Albert, they give so much for the fucking business and for us that I don't, I don't think that they get anything in return. And maybe that's time to change. I don't know how to fucking change it. I don't know how to change the business. But if we could just start there. And just tell them. Make sure they know. Make sure they know. And um, I think that's where I'm going to end it. Um, So if you could for me, if you made it this far, uh, please, in the night, when you're about to go to bed or wake up in the morning, just tell yourself three good things that you like about yourself. Brush your teeth, drink water, and kill the fucking day. Ladies and gentlemen, everybody outside and in between, friends beyond the binary, this has been Prince Adams, Kayfabe Canvas. Take it away, Gabino. I'm 
just me, man. I don't, I don't need people inside. I'm just me, man. That's who I am. I'm just happy, excited, just happy to be here, man. I think life's too short because you never know when it's going to end. So you got to enjoy every day while you can, man. Who cares? <laughs> The thing that means the most to me is Texas wrestling. I don't care about any other place but Texas wrestling. See, ladies and gentlemen, what you have to understand is there is no one, and I mean no one, that has the credentials like yours truly. you 